Hello and thank you for listening to episode 478 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is another of our remastered interview shows from back in the days of 80s Picture House. And releasing this on Halloween, mate, what better interview show to release than me and you having a chat with John Carpenter? Oh, indeed. Indeed. That was especially... Sorry, go on. It was just... I just remember just it being a mind-blowing experience that, like, we were getting to do this. (laughs) It was. We were waiting, waiting for... uh, you know, we both got online early, obviously, and we're waiting and we're going, oh my God, in five minutes, we're going to be chatting with John, with John Carpenter. How cool is this? And uh, got, like I said, release it on Halloween. It's got to be the perfect date. And uh, on the 40th anniversary of uh, The Thing, which was released in 1982. So, you know, I think it's it's a good time to release this interview, mate. Yeah, definitely. Uh, even though, <laughs> I mean, he has got a bit of a reputation for, you know, a little bit grumpy, dare I say. Uh, yeah. Which we, we did get a little sample of, and people will hear in this interview where I think he says something sort of, oh, you and your questions and something he's not happy with, and he's, he's not happy with a couple of things. I think I bring something up to do with video games, don't I, mate? And- yeah. Yeah. He's at the time, I mean, I mean, it's probably the same now. I mean, he's, you know, he's done the Halloween, recent Halloween films for money, and it's more of a music side, but he just didn't seem that keen on chatting about his past films. We do get some laughs out of him, though, especially. I'll, yeah. I'll tease it with this. We, we know we do cheer him up when I talk about me being naked. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would make anyone laugh. So, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I'll set them up, Tom. <laughs> you knock them in the back of the net. <laughs> um, but no, he, he seemed uh, he seemed very happy just playing video games, watching basketball, and making mm. music. And I always wish that I'd known more about like the synth scene, um, like I do now. Um, and we could have, like, I could have asked him some more questions about that, but I didn't really know much about it back then. So, yeah. uh, but never mind. It's, uh, it's just still mind blowing to me that we got to, uh, we got to chat to him. So, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So everybody, sit back, relax, get comfortable, and listen to me and Tom chat with John Carpenter. Uh, and yeah, this is the full show as it was released back in the days of Eighties Picture House. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the 80s Picture House and the 37th of our In Conversation With series. Uh, I'm Dave and as always I am joined by my fellow co-host Tom. Hello. Right, um, shall we give the listeners a little taste of about of what they're going to listen to, Tom? Let's do it. Uh, obviously they know we're uh, going to have a chat with John Carpenter. Um, what shall we tease them with of, of what they're going to hear? What little nuggets of information can we give before we dive into the actual chat with John? Um. <laughs> you just don't want to give anything away at all. No, there's, there's, there's a mental image of Dave naked. <laughs> it's just, uh... Yes. <laughs> How that gets into a chat with John Carpenter, you will find that out. Um, well, get... it's it's all about the music, really, isn't it? We, uh... It is, yeah. Yeah, we want, we talked about He's got the album coming out. We have a chat with him about the album, uh, Lost Themes. Uh, there's uh, the single from it, Vortex. Hopefully you've all listened to that by now. If you haven't, 
pause the podcast, have a listen to Vortex now, and uh, and then come back and carry on listening to this. Uh, there's some good stories. Uh, we have a little, uh, a little obviously, 80s picture house. We dive into the 80s a little bit. And yeah, yeah. Have a chat about the movies from there. Uh, and music. We have a, a chat about some video games. He's a video gamer. Because uh, he loves that and he loves his basketball, so yeah, we cover we cover quite a few uh, different subjects with him, and you know it goes without saying what an honour to to talk to John Carpenter, Tom. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good way to start the year. So you're all in for a treat. Um, so sit back, get comfortable, as both myself and Tom we go in conversation with John Carpenter. Right, John, thank you for joining us. Um, it's the excitement level is high at 80s Picture House because we're on record of saying, um, as far as our beloved decade of the 80s go, for our money, there is no better filmmaker who had a run of films like you did in the 80s. What, what was that decade like for you? We're looking back on it now. Well, it was a lot of work. It was great. It, it had actually still had some great music, and um, the movies were pretty good. <laughs> the, the movies were very good. <laughs> what did, at the time it must have been um, quite surreal that with the success that you were having with the films. I mean, I know some have found more of a following as, as years have gone on. But what was it like as, the, as you went through the seventies and eighties, and you got more and more of a fan base that not only liked the films that were making, but they actually looked forward to a film from you. Well, it was a long process. You know, in the 70s, I was trying to get jobs. Mm-hmm. And in the 80s, I started getting them. But you never lose the fear of not working. <laughs> so you're driven. Everybody's driven by fear in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Fear of not getting another job, fear of failure, fear of this and that. So uh, the 80s, I, I worked really, really hard. And I did a lot of movies. And uh, some of it's a blur. You, you get very immersed in making movies, and it's a incredibly tense, incredibly stressful, but joyous. <laughs> Is it tougher now in the movie business to get them made than it was back then? It's just vastly different now. It's just strangely different. Um, they were still back in the eighties uh, remnants of kind of the old Hollywood approach, which which was that you had heads of studios making decisions on which movies yeah. to make. And they, they love movies. Nowadays, the studios don't love movies. That's not what motivates them. Mm-hmm. It's business, and it's a different kind of business. So, yeah, it's, a, it's more difficult for, for old guys like me to do <laughs> it because it's a young man's game, and you guys know that. Oh, yeah. So does that mean that no more movies from you come in, or do you still think you've got a few movies in you that you want to get out there? Well, if I find something I really like, and I really think I can do a good job with, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of projects I'm fooling around with now. But I don't have the same uh, you know, urgency. My life's dream came true. I got to be a movie director. So, uh, and I'm having a great time playing music right now. So we'll see. We never know what happens in the future. Never know. Oh, yeah. I mean, because you're really busy now as well. You've got so many projects on the go. Um, and we'll come to music in a few minutes. But you've also got comic books. I mean, we had a, t- a chat about this with Sandy last year. But the, uh-huh. com- the comic books and Storm King Productions are, are really taking off, aren't they? That's right. Well, you know, we're just a mom-and-pop operation here. And we're producing this 
comic I'm extremely proud of, Asylum. It's uh, it's beautifully drawn and incredibly well written. I mean, I'm very proud of it. Plus, I don't have to do that much work on it. That's, <laughs> That's always a plus, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's what I, my whole life has been geared towards. Uh, less work, more money. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, comics, you got, something you got into at an early age as well. Obviously, you got into movies at an early age, but what about comic books? Oh, I love comics. Not every kid does, I think. Yeah. And, uh, uh, my favorite comic of all time is Uncle Scrooge. Oh, I just love Uncle Scrooge. I still do. <laughs> you, so yes, you still read comics as well. Oh, uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Because this, I'm not not like I would when I was young. Yeah, yeah. What about the comic books coming about? Uh, coming out from the films that you've made as well. You've got Big Trouble in Little China, Thing, Escape from New York. I think issue two's. I think it c- could have come out. Was it yesterday or today? It's really close. I don't know. Well, they don't tell me anything. Don't. <laughs> it's a smart, probably a smart idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy about that. I like Big Trouble in Little China a lot. Yeah. Harry Powell's really talented. And going <laughs> going back to the films as well. I mean, with Big Trouble in Little China, that was one of quite a few that you made with Kurt Russell. And you had yeah. su- you had such a good partnership with Kurt, and I've got to say the the commentary tracks that you do were blessed. Now that we're in the age of DVD and Blu-ray, the commentary tracks that you do with Kurt are just so entertaining. They really are. Well, we, you know, we're friends. We had a good we had a good time making movies. We had a good time talking about them. Yeah. Is this something you'd like to do more of as well? Revisit the movies that you've made and get some special editions out there if possible. Those. I don't. God, I don't care. Do you don't? <laughs> I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> because people always ask, don't they? I'm sure you've been asked so many times if there's, you know, missing footage from films and ex- extra ten minutes that is going to be put on in there. Is there, is there such a thing as like this lost vault of hidden footage anywhere? <laughs> I don't. Most of the time, no. Most of the time, everything you see is everything we shot. Uh, and even if there is missing footage, there's a reason why it's not in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that reason is to make the movie better. So uh, I I wouldn't want to go back and first of all I never want to see another of my old movies. <laughs> I hate watching them. I watch an old movie of mine and I think to myself, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> Why did I do that? That was dumb. It's stupid. Look how long I held that shot. Look at that. <laughs> I, I just don't ever. I don't need to see him again. I've seen him too many times. I've suffered through it. It's over for me. <laughs> What was the last movie of yours that you watched then? Oh God, uh, I haven't. <laughs> it's been a while, has it? Oh man, years. Oh sure. wow. I mean, because along with Kurt Russell as well, there's certain people that were with you during that period as well. I mean, Dun- Dean Cundy's one name. Um, yeah. What's it? What's it, the importance of having a cinematographer like that with you? Well, Dean was a brilliant cinematographer. I was pleased to induct him into the uh, American Cinema- Society of Cinematographers Hall of Fame in j- last January. My pleasure to do it. He was just really talented. Mm-hmm. You know, talent has a lot to do with it and feel. And uh, he was great. Oh, yeah. I mean, bef- before before we get on to uh, the music, one thing, I know one of the uh, one of your hobbies that you have, one of your, your, your loves that you've got is video games. You're playing, yes. playing video games. I was just playing one when you called. Were you? What were you playing? 
but when I was playing Far Cry, the new Far Cry game. Oh, that's the one I'm addicted to at the moment too. Yeah. And uh, it, I'm just getting attacked, and you guys interrupted my. <laughs> oh, no. I'm trying to fight off the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what do you play? Are you like a PC gamer or are you console gamer? No, console. Console, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, this this would be the stage where listeners everywhere that have got a console are going, what's his gamer tag or what's his PC? <laughs> that, that must be awful, I, trying to keep I'm, that... I will, not, I will not play online and get abused and defeated by... The children. I just won't. I won't do it. I play very quietly. I don't blame you. I think if you're going to play multiplayer, whoever's sat next to you on the couch is about as far That's as that's correct. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to scream at the person who just killed me. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you play video games with your son as well, don't you? Well, yeah, yeah, all the time. So, uh, who normally wins? Uh, well, he does generally. But he's he's a lot better than I am. <laughs> but sometimes I get the best of him. Oh, good. But, uh, I try to. Uh, you know, my my son was for a period of time teaching in Japan, so he was gone. So I would play a lot of video games and get very knowledgeable, so that when he came home, I could defeat him, or at least be <laughs> ahead of him. <laughs> Just to have that bit of an upper hand—that's always good. Just need a little bit. That's all. <laughs> because didn't you do some work on Fear Three, the video game? I did. I did. Steve Niles brought me aboard. And wow. He was writing it. And I helped. I worked with him on it. And what was it like on that? Is there any like huge differences between working on you know like the cutscenes for a video game as opposed to putting a movie together? Well, the, the work that I did was generally in the dialogue area. Is was sprucing up the dialogue for the game, and it's just it's a, a different art form, totally different art form. And uh, it, some of it is, is odd to me. It's, it's strange terrain, but it all comes down to we were trying to write human reactions to things so that that I understood yeah and games today with like you know console gaming and PC it's they're so powerful everything just looks they've gone really cinematic in the way that they're presented as well and there's such a huge crossover of video games into movies and movies into video games you think any of your past movies would would fit to make a video game would you like to play one of those I sure I guess I don't know if they spend the money, if they all uh, games are all about the gameplay. Yeah, that's what that's what makes them great. If the gameplay is well designed and well figured out, then it would be fun to play. Wouldn't it be good if there's a, a little Easter egg in Far Cry where you go into a cave oh. and Michael Myers is in there or somebody like that? That would be. Yeah, well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Uh, music, John. You've been attached to music since well, since you were born. I mean, you. Going back to your father, even who was a professor with the music right. too, That's right. a music professor. So you were. I grew up uh, listening to music, and unfortunately, my dad tried to teach me the violin when I was young, and that didn't work out too well. I had zero talent for it. So, but I, I well, at that time, I actually could read music. I've forgotten how now. <laughs> but I moved on to keyboards and guitars and basses and stuff. Any particular reason that you gave up on the, the violin? Was it just? <coughs> Zero talent, dude. Really? I, I can't play it. <laughs> That's the hardest instrument to play. Is it now? It sound good. Oh my god! And sound good? Oh. Because I've had a guitar staring at me for years, and I just, I just can't get anything that sounds decent out of it at all. So, I doubt I would ever well, pick up a violin. Then. Oh, it's uh, well, it's it's just it, it's 
the instrument requires so much dexterity and and, and bizarrely strength and coordination to play it. Mm-hmm. You have to have a light touch, but you have to be firm in certain areas, and it's really tricky. And uh, a virtuoso violinist is, is a musician to be admired and respected. Oh yeah, but I was not that person. Mm-hmm. But you certainly did okay with uh, with the keyboard and bass and guitar, though. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm a, I have minimal chops. I'm I'm not a, a great musician. My son is a great musician, but I'm not. Yeah. At what yep. age did your son start uh, with music? Oh, then is God, that something yeah. that you encouraged onto him, or did he just go yeah, naturally? Well, he, with it? his mom and I both uh, let him uh, explore music, and he was very interested from an early age. Very, very interested. He studied theory, and he, he did a lot of work in music, and just loved it, and still does. So what bands were you listening to then when you were growing up? What type of music was it? There's only one band. Uh, the Beatles, dudes. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Beatles, Be- the Rolling Stones, uh, 60s and 70s groups. I'm just big in my life. It is. It seems to be quite a few people with the musical influences from that era. It's, there seems to be a lot of British bands like the Beatles and the Stones and bands like that. Why do you think that is? Was there anything... Procol Harum was one of my big favorites. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I heard of those. Uh, why is it? Because it was great music and it was transformative to American culture. And uh, But we had a few good American bands over here. We had the Beach Boys. We had the Doors. We mm-hmm. had some good, good folks over here. Oh, yeah. The Birds. So what about any band experience oh. that you've got then? When did you put a band together? Oh, God, why do you guys want to talk about it? Yes, I, I did. <laughs> Played in a band in, in, in college. And, uh, and then I have an informal band that since film school with a couple of my friends, the Coupe de Ville's, we played mainly rap parties, but we did a music video for uh, Big Trouble Little China. That's a spectacular oh, video, John. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious to watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it sort of encapsulates the 80s. I I would point anybody in the direction of that video. It's really good. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, it actually got shown on MTV. I can't believe it, so it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) There was no plans after that to make Tim Winnie more music videos then? No, God, no, 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 no. (laughs) So what about the music for your films then? How did you start with your very first score that you did for a film? How did this come about? Well, it was all because of money and necessity. You didn't, didn't have money to hire a composer or an orchestra to play. So uh, <clears throat> I had to do it myself. And I, with a synthesizer, I fell in love with synthesizers also, uh, you can, uh, one person can sound big and play many different instruments if you uh, multi-track. So uh, that was the thought. And I just started out of necessity, and then it grew into... As the years went by, part of the creative process of directing, it became a statement, another voice in the movie, mm-hmm. so to speak. So it was an evolution. And uh, the new album, Lost Themes, is the first stuff that I've done with no image. It's simply uh, without image. And it's all improvised by my son and I, my godson. And. Uh, I'm very, very proud of it. Yeah, because before, did you, did the image influence the music, 
Or did you sometimes go into like a movie and you'd already got like a certain theme in your head without without visualizing? No, I never never while I'm shooting. Always when the movie is finished, uh, my job is to enhance and provide support for the sequences, the images, the, the themes of the movie. But it was always based on what I was watching. So again, it was pure uh, functionality. Yeah, so um, when you were making, um, composing music, what sort of, was there any scores for movies that you'd, you've seen in the past that influenced you? Lots and lots. Um, beginning with a movie in the 50s called Forbidden Planet, which was a big space opera done by MGM. And it had the first electronic score in the history of movies. All electronics. There was no or- orchestration in it. It was a stunner. It still stuns me. That that's the beginning of my electronic love, and then, you know, throughout the years, various uh, various scores have impressed me. I love Tangerine Dream score for Sorcerer, but I'm also a child of the movies of the '40s and '50s. So, the kind of the kind of classical composers of that era, Bernard Herrmann and Dmitri Tiomkin, have been very influential. Mm-hmm. Mm. And nowadays, I I love Hans Zimmer's work. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, excellent. Of course, you had a great composer as well that did the music uh, for The Thing as well. You had Ennio Morricone, didn't you? Yes, a genius, a master, yes. yes. And I worked with Jack Nietzsche on Starman, so I've worked with some great musicians. Oh, yeah, you definitely have. So with with the new album that's coming out, and it's out, it's out at the beginning of February as well, isn't it? Lost Things. Yes, uh-huh. Um, can, what can you tell the listeners about it? What can we have to look forward to? I know, I'm presuming they've listened to Vortex already because that's out. Is is that a good example of of the, the album, or what can you tell us well, about? Well, the it? album the album came out of uh, just improvisation, playing score music essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and it grew and grew and grew, and uh, there was no thought of it being released. It was uh, sort of accidental, which is but great. The the album is meant to be scores for the movies that are playing in your head. Yeah. Mm. That's what it's all about. So you sit down in the dark and listen to my album and uh, just go ahead and, and play your own movie from your own psyche. I think that's a good way of doing it because I don't know about other people, but when I get a new album as well, the listening is always in the dark, headphones on. Um, and I did that with Vortex. I thought the first time I'm going to listen to Vortex when that was released online, I thought, yeah, could I listen to it like that? And you it is. do it in the dark. Now, were you naked when you listened to it? <laughs> Uh, f- fortunately, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, that it's very. I need to know that. Very. <laughs> uh, when th- when the album comes out and I buy the album, John, I may well sit naked just just in, oh, on- God, no, in honor don't. of you. <laughs> We're not having a listening party, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but music, I mean, music is so atmospheric and can create so many emotions in people. I know with um, still with the theme from Assault on Precinct 13 I only have to listen to that any time and it puts shivers up, up the back of my neck and I, it sounds stupid I want to look through a window I immediately have visions of you know the house is being surrounded it's uh-huh. yeah it, it's weird how music can really affect you like that all the time you oh know? yeah but music is incredibly powerful and it's probably the purest art form uh, because there's really no discussion mm-hmm. it all takes place uh, inside of you it must be so freeing for you as well as a creative person when you're putting 
projects like this together with this album um, that like, unlike when you're putting a movie together and you get all the studio interference that, that you've got the oh, final yeah. word you, you can do whatever you want are you kidding me <laughs> I'm working with my son and my godson and nobody's telling us what to do it's unbelievable <laughs> so how are the ideas thrown together how were they put together for this who comes up with what uh, it started a couple of years ago uh, my son and I would play two hours of video games and then we'd go downstairs to my music setup my pro logic setup and we'd improvise we'd score for a couple of hours mm. and we're back to the video game and back to the score and we got about 60 minutes of music done not all of it was score music some of it was rock and roll and blues but we we uh, put it all together and my son went to teach in Japan so I I sat on this music and I hired a new music attorney and she asked me do you have anything new so I thought well I'll send this over so I sent her a CD of it and two months later I had a record deal I thought <laughs> man this is great how easy is this <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> And what are your thoughts on this digital age now with the way that not only can you distribute music and films, but the, the other more horrible sides where people sometimes, especially the younger generation, seem to think they, they expect things for free? Well, I, but, but there's pluses and minuses. You know, it's just an advance of technology, and you go along with it. The digital age provides enormous leaps in the kinds of sounds and the number of sounds that you can play and you have. That's mm -hmm. why it's unbelievable. In terms of the rest of it, you know, it's just, it, it, it sorts itself out somehow. Yeah. What would a young John Carpenter do now if he was leaving film school in this day and age with the way things are with distribution and everything? Would anything have changed particularly? I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know what a young John Carpenter would do. I really don't. No? I don't know. I wouldn't know what to tell him to do. <laughs> you know get a reputation with commercials or music videos or something get the get the attention of uh, of the movers and shakers in Hollywood I I don't know that was one, what I did nor mm. would I want to but yeah because what what, uh, what would you say to a young filmmaker today that was leaving film school well on the other hand I would say you guys have it lucky for very little money you can make your own movie mm -hmm. and distribute it yourself so there's nothing stopping you go make a movie go make a feature do it you've got digital cameras you've got inexpensive cameras yeah cut it together you can do it all on your computer and show it to people go out there and hustle it do it nothing's stopping you oh yeah that, yeah, that is the, the, definitely one of the advantages. Yeah, that's the plus side of it. That's, yeah. That's, that's the side that's... Uh, God, we didn't have this kind of stuff. <laughs> You're putting some long days as well, I know. Well, oh, God. <laughs> what was the longest day you ever had to put in? 24 hours. Whoa. No, actually, 26 hours. And what was that on? Assault in Precinct 13. Whoa. I made the mistake of shooting in a real jail, and that's a nightmare because... the. Unless you design the bars to be wide enough, you you can't light or shoot. Mm -hmm. It's awful, awful. 
Wow. No wonder you don't want to go to back to days like that then. Not a, a, 20, oh, no. a 26 oh, no. I'm hour too, day. I'm too old now. <laughs> Guys, I've got basketball games to watch. I've got video games to play and music <laughs> today. I can't be doing that kind of garbage. Uh, yeah, because you're a big NBA fan. Are you, is, am I right in saying yeah. that LA Lakers? Yeah, you know, my Lakers aren't any good this year. But <laughs> I'm a loyal guy and I, I cheer when they win and I weep when they lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty w- good way to go, though. Watch, watching NBA and playing video games and creating some good music. What the hell, man? It doesn't get better than that. Hey, you've earned it. You've definitely earned it, that's for sure. <laughs> you mentioned blues as well. Am I right as well in saying this, I think, some dark blues album I remember reading somewhere? Well, I'm working on that. I'm working, we're working on a, a bunch of new music, a whole bunch of it, considering maybe a Best Hits album considering Dark Blues, considering another Lost Theme-type album. We've got a lot of potential here. Yeah. The album deal that you got, then, is this like a multi-album? So they've they got first refusal on anything new that you make? No. you know, No, it's a one-time deal. We'll see if anybody likes it. So I'm sure they will. Well, we never know. <laughs> People may listen to it and say, what is this garbage? What is this crap? <laughs> <laughs> So is it, is it coming out? It's coming out on CD. Yes, uh, yeah, and then vinyl. Ah, oh, that's that was going to be my question. If it was there was going to be a vinyl release, there is. That's brilliant. Yes, of course, of course. Oh wow! What about any special editions? What about any autograph? I don't know. I think there's a remix album coming out. They took my stems away from me and then and sent them out to these young electronic geniuses. And they're remixing it. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Fine, good, go. As long yeah. as you pay me some money, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to think of it. Because <laughs> they've done—I mean, they've done the same with your movies too, haven't they? There's so many of your movies have been remade and reimagined as well. Yeah, and they keep releasing them. They just want to make bucks. That's all, guys. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Do you ever watch any of those? If you don't watch your own movies, do you ever watch the remakes Please, to see what they've done? I, why do you why do you ask this question? <laughs> no, no. You want no. nothing to do with your old movies? Oh my word! Come on now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so what what's next for you now, John? You have got the comics coming out. You have got some albums. I'm I'm busy man. So I'm I'm uh, headed to uh, Brooklyn in the in early February to do this Brooklyn Academy music event and launch the album and then uh, uh, around the same time is going to be the uh, NBA uh, All-Star All-Star game in New York yeah check that out and then uh, we'll see we'll see yeah the future is bright for an old geezer like me yeah, I mean, come on, it's, let's be one of the first to wish you a happy birthday for next week, Well, too. thank you, thank you. You are the first, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's good. Hopefully you have many more of them, too. Well, it's, thanks, man, thanks. Have, have you got anything uh, planned for it? Do you no, do? I hope there's some good games on. Yeah, well, there should be. It's getting that time of the year where there should be some good games on for you. Yeah, 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 I think so. Do you manage to get to many of them? No, God, no. Why would I want to do that? Oh. I sit in my living room. God. <laughs> <laughs> then, then the game can finish and you can switch on the video game straight away. That's right. That's exactly it. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, in, in ending this, I have to tell you my three rules for living. Yes. My three rules for living. You follow these rules, you'll be fine. Number okay. one, never leave home unless absolutely necessary. <laughs> Number two, Never eat fish. <laughs> Number three, never travel south of the border. 
<laughs> if you follow these rules, the chances are you'll be okay. Right. If they're good enough for you, John, they're good enough for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Absolutely. My pleasure, guys. All right. I'm like, we'll talk to you again and we'll promote, we'll promote okay. the hell out of the album. We're looking forward to it. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Tom. Our first uh, in conversation with of 2015 and John Carpenter. How about that? That is a good enough way. Does I need to start off a year, is it not? <laughs> That's uh, as far as high watermarks go. There's going to have to be some sort of uh, huge flood, I think, for it to get any higher. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant, and uh, have to agree with his. Um, well, while I can't uh, stand by John's, uh, you know, philosophy of not watching his old films. Although, to be honest, if I, you know, if, if I'd made a film and put so much of my life into it, I might not want to see it again after a certain point. But I have to go with him about the remakes. Why would you want to watch him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Fog remake is awful. Uh, I don't like the Halloween remake. Uh, I don't, that? Like, don't like the, the Thing remake. Yeah, the Thing, yeah. yeah. The Top Chrissing 13 wasn't very good. Yeah. And apparently they're doing... Um, next up for remakes to John's films are uh, They Live. Yeah. <laughs> oh, remaking They Live and oh, Escape from New York, apparently. Yeah, yeah, I heard about Escape from New York. It's been on the bar for a while, but, you know. Yeah, which does, you know, it begs the, the question, just why? Why? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, as long as they pay him, I guess. Well, yeah, that's good for him. He deserves all the money he can get, I mean, because he got... Yeah, he, he seems to be living with good life, so... Uh, so he should. Like I said, he deserves it. You know, if you can sit and watch basketball and play video games and make some good music and earn some money while doing it, you know, all the better for him, definitely. Yes, and talking of the music, all the... Um, information about the new album will be on our podcast notes will it not it will be podcast notes um on the website uh, there'll be links everywhere yes. where you can go and buy it <clears throat> please do go and buy it you know it's like we mentioned uh, when we we're chatting with him it's sort of the age where a lot of people expect stuff for free be it movies music or anything if you like it just buy it you know it's john carpenter if you've heard vortex i mean what do you think of vortex i don't think we've really had a chat about it tom have we you've I've listened, no. to, I've listened to it a few times now, and yeah, I mean, it's one of those I loved it from the first listen. Yeah, same here. I really enjoyed it, and I um, can't wait to hear the rest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, if that's like a taster of the album, it's uh, it's really whetted my appetite for the full album. Which Indeed, is, and I hopefully think... even more music, you know, blues, and, you know, like movie scores to your mind, and or what have you. Yeah. Come, even yeah. more. That's it. Just think, Tom, when the album's out now, because, you know, he said it himself, the man himself, I'm going I'm to sit naked and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, that's an image no one wants. <laughs> <coughs> that's, uh, that's a picture that will not be on the podcast notes. <laughs> uh, right, Tom, uh, I know we've got more in conversation with lined up and some special episodes looking back at different things. Um, yes. They will be coming, obviously, later in the, later in the year. But for now, um, if people want to follow what we do online and everywhere else, if you want to give them the details, mate. Yep, our website is 80spicturehouse.co.uk. Our Twitter is at 80spicturehouse. Facebook is .com forward slash 80spicturehouse. And we're on Instagram, Reddit, and uh, Pinterest. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> website so I don't visit. <laughs> yes, we're everywhere. Just type in 80spicturehouse and all sorts of links will come up. Yes. Yeah. 
Right, so whoever's listening, wherever you are, thank you very much. Um, we will be back again very soon. Um, if you want to subscribe to us, you can do that via iTunes. Uh, if you're a regular listener, um, iTunes reviews always go down very nicely. makes us happy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back very soon. And, uh, yeah, goodbye. <laughs>